Namaste to all. Om Sahana Vavatu Sahana Bhunaktu Sahaviryam Karavavahai Tejasvinavadhi Tamastuma Vidvishavahai Om Shantishantishantihi So we are we have just finished the mantra 5 in the text uh, which we did we finished it yesterday very important uh, mantra and if you have missed yesterday's class please catch up uh, you you won't want to miss that okay so now um, we saw yesterday that this this vishvakya the one who is called the waker, meaning what? This Atma, which is undergoing, which is Bhagavan, which is undergoing the experience of the waker, is the one who is Kshetragnya, who knows, you know, who knows uh, uh, that the same Atma Tattva, uh, that the same consciousness is abiding in all bodies and all minds, etc. You know, that is the one. And uh, so, you know, very beautiful. So that really, uh, you know, finishes the, uh, what we call the Mahavakya. And it also concludes uh, more or less uh, what the message of this Upanishad is, you know. Because uh, one might think, why are there seven chapters, you know, if we have finished it in, uh, in uh, lessons, <laughs> in chapters one and two. Why there are so many chapters? Because, you see, this knowledge um, rests on what is called Abhyasa. Abhyasa means repetition. Yeah. So, without repetition, this doesn't, uh, this doesn't uh, go in. Uh, you know, of course, if one is a Uttama Adhikari, means a highly qualified student, sure, you know. But the thing is, highly qualified means you listen once and uh, the the heart is so pure and uh, no ragas, no dveshas, nothing, no, you know, no hardcore desires and no jealousies, no anger. So there is a pure antahkarna like the Vadakhilyas had. And uh, it is, you know, so the teaching is very quickly assimilated. Really speaking, the Uttama Adhikaris are, are in the Upanishads alone. <laughs> so, so we have uh, examples of who? We have examples of uh, Shweta Ketu. He had to listen nine times. We have examples of Maitreyi. We have examples of, you know, so many other, uh, uh, you know, people who are what, is, what are called Uttama Adhikarinaha. And so they are in the Upanishads primarily to illustrate the fact that the Pramana or the means of knowledge operates and that, you know, to remove the ignorance and uh, is, and that is enough, you know. So the means of knowledge operate, uh, Shabda Pramana, so the knowledge in the form of words 
coming from the teacher to the disciple operates the uh, you know does the operation of the removal of the ignorance and that is sufficient to to have self knowledge and to say that i am no longer you know needing anything else i'm okay why what was the problem the problem was self ignorance and it has been removed now i know i am the whole so this is actually the truth you know but because of the uh, times that we live in we live in complicated times <laughs> and you know which led even bhagavan krishna in the dwapara yuga to lament in the bhagavad gita what was he lamenting sakale neha mahata yogo nashtah parantap and he was lamenting the fact in the fourth chapter he says oh in time because of these times you know this yoga of of uh, self knowledge and everything this this whole thing has departed nobody is interested in this now he is saying when in dwapara yuga in a previous cycle of creation so what to talk of the times that we live in what you guys this kali yuga yeah you know kali means kalmasha kalmasha means uh conflict santapa santapa means uh, suffering so the time itself is you know is not conducive you know the they say to learning this knowledge it's not conducive meaning there is not much support it's like living in a house uh with uh, you know which is doubling up as a daycare for 20 children i mean uh, you don't have to manage the daycare but you are trying to sit in the next room the living room let's say is the, is being used as a daycare uh baby care and infants and children are running around and uh, you know when people trying to uh, you know care for them and you are in one of the bedrooms trying to meditate <laughs> is it possible yes but is it the same as going to uh, you know going to the himalayas or being forget the himalayas being in a quiet room no it's not because in the quiet room you know one can just go inwards and one doesn't have to constantly battle this uh, what's this called the, the battle the uh, forces of noise etc but can't you also meditate on the noise yes you can and that's what one is advised to do but uh, you know it takes a little bit of practice it takes a little bit of time to get to that level of maturity to say okay the children are doing whatever they do i am just going to be here and be with myself you know so this this example is to illustrate how uh, challenging it is to gain this knowledge in what is called kali yuga so what is so difficult about kali yuga kali yuga means it's a cycle of creation the the one that we are currently in so in fact there are four uh, you know yugas four eras of creation and in between there is what is called a dissolution of of all names and forms and then again the next cycle comes you know comes and so that's what people believe in the hindu almanac you know this is what the whole thing is so the first cycle is called satya yuga then we have uh, you know uh, then we have uh, what is that 
Treta, Dwapara and then Kali. These are the names. And uh, there is a reason why uh, there are those names. Because the Kali Yuga is 436,000 years. And we are in the first fourth, first quarter still. Yeah. So first quarter means maybe 100,000 years have elapsed. 300 odd thousand years left to go. Very depressing prospect. So double that, double the Kali Yuga. So 400,000 odd years, double means 800,000, so 900,000 years, you know, is the time length of Dvapara Yuga. Treta means make that into three times. So 436 multiplied by 3 and whatever number you get, you know, is the length of what is called Treta Yuga. Then Satya Yuga, multiply Kali Yuga, you know, by 4 times and then you get Satya Yuga. So we have neither a cyclical nor a linear motion of these Yugas, but we have a pendular motion. So Satya Treta, Dvapara, Kali. Then back to Dvapara, Treta, Satya. So it just goes like this. Yeah. So it's like a pendulum. And, you know, and then these, these uh, quarters are important because there is this concept of this, uh, of a retreating dharma. Meaning, the righteous living is, there is an attrition of righteous living uh, on part of the people collectively you know it's not one individual is a thief and the other one is dharmic and you know it balances out no it doesn't balance out because uh, you know there is an increasing collective flouting of what we call uh, values of righteous living consideration compassion you know um, truth telling the truth and uh, honesty and you know these kinds of values all the values that we really cherish that that is in jeopardy you know and and it is these uh, these values are called dharma you know not cheating people satya telling the truth and uh, and living one's life in tandem with the laws of the universe not trying to flout the laws of dharma all the time you know, like the whatever is mentioned in the commandments, except for us, dharma is not a mandate of uh, Ishvara, of God. It's a manifestation of Bhagavan. That is dharma, manifestation of Bhagavan. And uh, so, therefore, what? So, therefore, we have, you know, these, uh, the, so dharma is, you know, depicted as a bull with four legs. Okay. It's called dharma rishabha, dharma bull. And so this dharma bull has, is standing on all four legs. This is a visualization to, to show you that dharma abides completely in satya yuga. In treta yuga, dharma bull is standing on how many legs? Three legs. <laughs> in And already little shaky. Correct? Ah, dharma bull is standing on three legs. It's already little shaky. And then in Dvapara Yuga, you have a two-legged bull. Ah, one more leg of dharma gone. Meaning there is less and less dharma. 
and what happens in kali yuga huh dharma bull standing on one leg you can imagine a whole huge bull trying to you know stand on one leg so more often than not it is falling it is shaky so there is in other words very little dharma in in what is called kali yuga the uh, the place the, the 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 era of time in which we abide and so we have seen very very clearly that without dharma this uh, and a calm mind which is the result of following dharma this uh, knowledge does not come and sit and occupy the heart it cannot you know it cannot occupy the heart why because there is you know the, the the qualifications for this knowledge include a calm mind and a heart that is free of conflict and if one is not following dharma and if one doesn't have emotional maturity to not outwit other people constantly and to not want things you know uh, want things no matter what at anybody's cost um you know the ends justify the means these kinds of uh, life uh, you know if one doesn't have then only this knowledge you know uh, this knowledge uh, abides in in the person so in kali yuga this is very very challenging because it's like meditating in the in the room where the which is also being used as a daycare <laughs> so you know you are trying to meditate and children are climbing all over you and if they are not climbing they are swinging from nerve to nerve and uh, you know the one is screaming the other one is beating up the other one the third one is saying this one tore my uh, drawing and the fourth one is uh, you know upset the fifth one is you know sick and throwing up so like this you know it's very difficult to go inwards and focus so similarly in kali yuga there is so much kalmasha there is conflict there is cheating there is too much competition and there is lot of pain collectively speaking so i mean all you need to do is open a newspaper or go on uh, on some news site on the internet and uh, you know if you want to get quickly depressed read the news really <laughs> yeah not just now any time you know and uh, one time you know what happened was that uh, swami ji was uh, pujya swami ji was uh, uh, always told this incident as a student uh, one time he decided uh, that the news was very depressing because when you open the papers in those days no internet so when you open the newspapers what would you see so many people killed earthquake and then what somebody ran away with somebody else's you know money briefcase purse whatever and then big horrible fraud at the political level you know some big uh, what is that called some conspiracy and money laundering and you know all kinds of things and one day and swami ji was studying this you know studying vedanta he was a student and one day he said that for two or three years he made a, a sankalpa he made a decision that for two or three years he's not going to touch the newspapers you know let's see what happens you know will the world come falling down let's see because we are so oriented towards the news and naturally we want to you know be uh, uh, be you know well uh, 
well read you know we have we, we want to have everything abreast we want to keep up with what is happening in the world nothing wrong with that but swami ji tried to do an experiment and he said you know i'm sick of this news i'm not going to read the paper and i think for almost a year and a half he did not 18 months he did a newspaper fast <laughs> yeah no paper and then after that he picked up the paper one day just to see what he has missed and the headlines earthquake so many people died fire so many people died he opened inside big money laundering scheme on the part of some people some politicians in the government unearthed <laughs> and then what else you know something else happened all same thing. so in other words he felt that he had not missed anything at all this is kali yuga so whichever country you go there is strife so kali yuga means there is strife there is pain there is sorrow and there is no dharma practically no dharma very little dharma is left and so what happens is that in this condition it is very difficult to have a mind that is calm and unafflicted by what is going on yeah when there is so much injustice at the global and the local levels in kali yuga there is a growing injustice no matter which country you look there's a growing injustice where all the uh, law abiding people looks like and the dharmic people looks like they are having the worst deal <laughs> ah so people are following dharma all right few and far between but they are there and they are having the worst possible deal and then the what is on the rise is unsocial elements adharmic elements road side refraff has taken over what has taken over dharma yes road side refraff means people who just make their living you know fly by night oh who shall i rob today oh great okay let's see who is coming and i'll just spin them a tail and make off with their money so this is what is there so imagine even a jignasu in this kind of a situation in this kind of a political climate global political climate global cultural climate in fact the culture is one of robbery and strife and uh, you know pillage and cheating and then so the global cultural climate the global social climate the global economic climate of scarcity and uh, too much com- competition the global ecological climate of you know uh, uh, what is that warming and climate change and uh, you know scarcity of resources water all these things you know um, all these things that the um, ecologists say that we are going to be running out are running out of very soon so in this kind of a climate even a jignasu jignasu means the one who is interested in self knowledge and for whom the upanishad upanishad bug has written them they want to study the circumstances are similar to meditating in the same room where there are 20 babies who are being taken care of who need to be taken care of so it's not impossible it is highly challenging ha so therefore in kali yuga there it is very unlikely 
there still we may be surprised but it's unlikely that there'll be a lot of uttama adhikaris means highly qualified there are three first let's just go through this there are three kinds of adhikaris the first one is called uttama adhikari uttama adhikari means the highly qualified student of vedanta who is uh, what you know has developed antakarana shuddhi and has uh, basically um, has a lot of emotional maturity and is so ready for the knowledge that hearing it once the uh, the ignorance is dispelled and then uh, it starts to abide in the heart but that is you know that is called uttama adhikari and then on the other side of the continuum there is adhama adhikari adhama adhikari means a very lowly kind of a student of vedanta who is least qualified in terms of emotional maturity full of tamas tamas means these kinds of tendencies like ah, what you know uh, sloth and uh, you know this kind of sleeping all the time uh, or angry all the time and then so even if you teach such a person it does not go in uh, it does not go in and then in between we have so the the uh, one more thing the adhama adhikari is is the the lowly adhikari is also a prototype the uttama adhikari is also a prototype there are very few if any lowly adhikaris meaning people who who cannot really be taught because they just are not interested and not ready you know generally speaking people can be taught you know but there are some uh, exceptions to this and uh, those people you you leave them alone <laughs> you don't they'll never come for the knowledge and you just bless them and let them be better luck next life you tell them that that's all it is but mostly people fall the you know uh, if we did a statistical analysis people would fall in the middle of this these two ends what is that madhyama adhikaris madhyama adhikaris means they have the desire for the knowledge and they are somewhat prepared not as well prepared as as the ones called uttama the the, the best ones or the ones or the lowly ones called adhama but they are somewhere in between therefore what therefore listening to this once is not enough <laughs> this is this has to be a committed and continuous exposure number 1 and number 2 you know you throw in kali yuga and stir it in the mix and then you have a whole another you know beast to contend with because collectively speaking the uh, you know the circumstances are not conducive for the studies for vedanta studies yeah so if you are not <laughs> gaining the knowledge you can blame kali yuga <laughs> to a certain extent yeah this is true and so you know the the uh, what is that the knowledge is 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 interesting and yes the, as soon as i heard it dispelled the ignorance but what happened you know it, it, somehow the tendencies of of keeping on identifying with the body mind complex has not gone that tendency keeps coming back coming back coming back like a jack in the box it just hits you when you are not least expecting it so this is you know the prasada partly partly the prasada of kali yuga and partly the prasada prasada means the the uh, you know the gift of 
वॉट इज कॉल्ड चित्त अशुद्धि चित्त अशुद्धि मीन्स दू नो दमोशनल ऑल दीज इमोशनल प्रॉब्लम दैट दैट बिकम ए दैट बिकम ए वेरी बिग ब्लॉक टू वंस यू नो टू वंस प्रोग्रेस इन दिस नॉलेज या प्रोग्रेस मीन्स रियली इट्स यू greeting yourself progress means in terms of uh, again the preparation so therefore everyone is generally speaking a madhyama adhikari especially in kali yuga which is the least conducive for for self knowledge so some people have said that in uh, you know that's why in uh, in the upanishads there are um, injunctions saying don't give this knowledge to people who are not prepared uh, meaning who are not adhikaris they have to be they have to show that they are ready for this knowledge otherwise the teacher will not teach you know teacher is ready to teach but you have to you have to follow what the teacher says because the teacher has a plan for you a certain plan of of uh, you know of unfoldment and that plan has to be followed you know and if that plan is followed because that that teacher learnt of that lesson plan or the teaching plan from his teacher from her teacher from his teacher all the way to lord brahma ji from whom you know from uh, from bhagavan alone this whole lineage of teaching has come and so there is a certain plan of how to teach what to teach in between and what to teach at the end and what to teach at the beginning there is a plan and that plan has to be followed because the teacher has to be trusted and sometimes the plan is you know like we see in the other upanishads you know the uh, student goes to the teacher please teach me and the teacher gives the key oh the master key to self knowledge no 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 the key to stables <laughs> yeah cows to every ashram has some cows and some goats or whatever they keep for you know milk etc so cows usually and so chicken cows and all will be there and so they you know the student is given the key to the cow stable why rub down the cow wash it take it to the watering place make it graze because you can't just leave it to graze and come back <laughs> at the most you can go to sleep under a tree that's it but you you have to be there because there will be all lions and uh, hyenas and coyotes that can come and take away the calves and injure the cows and all that so therefore what you have to protect the cows and so you have to you have to go with them come back again feed them rub them down tie them in the put them in the stable lock the stable so you know and the student is very irate very angry i came for brahma vidya and you are putting me in the stable and going away and the teacher says suit yourself so if the student is angry the teacher says no loss no problem you know you know why because the, the reason you were given the key to the stable is so that by this by this activity your mind becomes stable that's why the cow stable is called stable because it gives stability to the mind how does you know making cow dung patties 
and plastering them on the wall so that they will dry and when they drop off it can be used as fuel mixing the, the cow dung with hay and then making cow dung patties and uh, you know putting them drying them on the wall how is that going to help me become an adhikari there they you know it is very clear because when you do distasteful tasks like this there is emotional maturity there is tyaga sacrifice you have to give up something you have to you know you have to do something you have to you have to give up something and uh, that you like and do something you don't like and so therefore you stop you, you stop having a distaste for cow dung patty making ah you learn to be prayerful when wiping down the cow and taking it to graze and bringing it back so you become less reactive you become more prepared so this is you know so sometimes that is how the preparation was was done if the student was found unprepared then the teacher would take it upon themselves to make sure that the student would be prepared for the knowledge but there are certain rules like you know it is uh, some you know the uh, every upanishad says don't give this knowledge to an unprepared person an unprepared uh, uh, you know student and uh, the one who is not able to see this clearly don't waste your time giving this knowledge so perhaps seeing those kinds of uh, verses in the upanishads they they the, the certain uh, people came and these are not uh, you know ancient rishis some modern people who you know dharma shastra etc much more later uh, in the tradition came to the conclusion what is the conclusion that in kali yuga you cannot teach because people cannot learn so what should you do you know so you know harer nama eva kevalam so only the nama japa meaning the recitation of the name of the lord must be done and only when you recite the name of the lord repeatedly then what then then only you get you know some kind of shanti and then you know that is enough for this life don't dream of brahma vidya why because no one is prepared where in kali yuga no one is prepared so don't dream of learning brahma vidya because you won't get it nobody will get it because it's like it's like learning how to meditate in a room full of toddlers not possible so give it up you know start playing with the toddlers and you know do do something else or you know you cannot do that so but this you know is an extreme view in not only is it an extreme view it is a view that is you know unnecessary yeah because there are jigyasus in every yoga there are people who are seeking the knowledge in every place in every time so you can't just stop teaching and you can't stop learning one cannot stop learning so therefore what so therefore we uh, you know we focused a lot uh, on preparation as well as knowledge so people like brihadratha who could stand and stare at the sun with the arms like this you know you won't find because brihadratha the king uh, who is featured here in the maitri upanishad he had a great was greatly prepared people like vadakhilyas not a chance 
And so therefore what? So therefore, uh, the Upanishad, all the Upanishads have two sections. One is called the knowledge section. Knowledge means they, uh, the where the Mahavakya is given and delivered. And then the other portion is called the Upasana uh, uh, section. Upasana means certain kind of advice, practices, meditation, etc. Not for the knowledge. The knowledge is already given, you know, or the knowledge is about to be given. But uh, this is, you know, depending on the placement of this portion. And uh, so, you know, so this is to to make up for for the chitta ashuddhi. So if if when the knowledge was given, you were not able to assimilate it, then certain uh, or you were not able to assimilate it completely. Certain advice is given about how to train the mind, how to make the mind meditative, calm, emotionally matured and free and devoted to Bhagavan so that this knowledge that you are non-separate from the Lord can be easily assimilated. So, for example, if you see the Chandogya Upanishad, the first four or five chapters are all visualizations and new, new kinds of meditation. So, you know, there is some Hrit Pundari Upasana, you know, visualize the lotus in the chest cavity and meditate upon it, visualize the Lord sitting there. And there are, you know, there is a Dakshinakshi Upasana, visualize the Lord, you know, behind the left eye and whatever you see, you, you, uh, you know, imagine that the Lord is seeing and so therefore that way you are just, you know, in that, uh, you know, it, it helps to uh, get rid of this, all the Ragadveshas and helps to um, bridge this so-called gap between oneself and the Jagat and the universe and oneself and the Lord even before this knowledge has been undertaken. And if you look at the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad, the opposite is true that uh, first you have the teaching and then afterwards the latter portion you have all the various meditations etc. But every Upanishad will have a combination regardless of the placement why? Because one has to, you know, one has to, you know, be prepared for this knowledge. And for that reason, there is also a lot of abhyasa repetition. Like we have seen in the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad, you know, Nava Are Patyuhu Kamaya Patihi Priya, you know, Patihi Priyo Bhavati Atmanastu Kamaya Patih Priyo Bhavati Nava Are Jaya Yei Kamaya Jaya Priya Bhavati Atmanastu Kamaya Jaya Priya Bhavati Nava Are Vittasya Kamaya, you know, Vittam Priyam Bhavati, like this, you know, the, the word Atmanastu Kamaya Vittam Priyam Bhavati, Atmanastu Kamaya, Putraha Priya Bhavanti. Like this it is repeated again and again so that it, it goes in. Because this Abhyasa is, is important for teaching. It's not Punarukti. It is not uh, uh, redundant. So it doesn't have the fallacy of redundance. Because in teaching certain things have to be repeated. Because the mind is somewhere else and it cannot learn or it, it, it just forgot what it has understood, so it is not assimilated, etc., etc. So for these reasons, there is a lot of abhyasa. And so just to give you a little synopsis 
from lesson 3 to 7 we find this abhyasa we find this repetition we find the quoting of other upanishads why to buttress the point that this upanishad is making and this lesson itself as it moves forward says that uh, prajapati made himself first into five into the elements and then the elements you know went on you know creating all the bhautikas the various things that have come out of the elements or you know trees flowers etc everything and so like this you know there is the whole uh, creation mythology that we already saw and then there are numerous um, what are they called numerous uh, uh, quotations from the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad, the Chandogya Upanishad, the Katho Upanishad, etc. And uh, which we have quite a bit seen. And so what I have done is, you know, um, put all the teaching portion, uh, you know, in this itself. In, right here is where the teaching completes because the Mahavakya has been given and the vision has been unfolded. So what is left? <laughs> Unfortunately, it is Kali Yuga, so the preparation is still left. And so, um, I have collected some, uh, I have collected some, uh, what is it called? Some verses, which appear in 6 and 7. Uh, we will look at that, you know, we will just be seeing how to, how to prepare in the time of Kali Yuga, how to prepare the mind for... Uh, receiving this knowledge and uh, so after all the mantras we have some verses here after mantra 5 and these verses have been taken uh, you know randomly from mantra 6 and 7 and you see I think I told you this there is a lot of Partha Bheda Partha Bheda means various versions are there on the uh, about Maitri Upanishad and then some of them have uh, these uh, verses in an appendix and some of them have these verses strewn in the text itself so there is a lot of confusion which verses are some of them have all the verses some of them have some verses missing so like this so I have just chosen uh, randomly about uh, you know a handful of verses that we will be looking at starting today so let us chant the first one Yatha Nirindhano Vanhihi Yatha nirindhano vanhihi Svayo navupasham yati Svayo navupasham yati Tatha vrittikshayat chittam Svayo navupasham yati Tatha vrittikshayat chittam Svayo navupasham yati So, this is what the, uh, the first one is Yatha just as what nirindhanaha vannihi a, a fire from which the fuel has been you know spent yeah the fuel has been withdrawn or there is a the fuel has been burnt off so what happens to the fire huh? And everybody knows this in cold places you start a fire in the fireplace and if you don't feed the fire with logs of wood what happens yeah the fire dies off so there is no more fire the fire you know goes 
very simple so the fire goes and where the question is you know we all agree the fire goes the question is where does it go and we are not the type you know generally speaking in the in the vyavaharika in the in our transactional reality we are not the type to find out and sit and contemplate very few people perhaps those who have a poetic nature might sit and contemplate where did the fire go <laughs> you know but otherwise we are not the type to contemplate okay fire has gone it's now cold let's go to bed you know we'll sleep because we can't sit here anymore because the fire has gone and it's late so let's go to bed so supposing you are you know doing some camping or this is a typical example what happens when you are outdoors camping and then it's it's too uh, cold so you have a fire to comfort uh, you know everybody sitting around the campfire you've gone with some people and then what after that look okay, let's go to you know our own tents and then sleep off because the fire has we we say the fire has died that's exactly how we we think we think first there was fire and then we were all warm and then now what there is no fire it has gone you know but the upanishad looks at it slightly differently the upanishad says that the fire has gone back to its source swayonau you know seventh case locative case of yoni yoni means the source yeah so what is the source of the fire huh? this is very interesting what is the source of the fire fire also has a source yeah where did the fire come from if you look at it upanishad uh, from the standpoint of the upanishad you know agner apah so uh, from the fire came the water they say vayoragni agnerapah so the source of fire is the vayu tatva the wind element interesting you know ha ah. so the source of fire is the wind element which explains why the wind can give a boost to the fire and make it go up and then it can also you know blow it off <laughs> so the fire has resolved technically speaking into its into the the vayu element technically speaking otherwise we can say in another upanishad it says that let's say let's say now that the wood is the source of the fire you know on the on the you know if you don't go all upanishadic then you can just sort of if you visibly speaking the wood is the source of the fire so it has gone back the embers it has gone back to the wood but then there is no wood but yeah that's the that's the fun part <laughs> yeah it has gone back to what then it has gone back to itself yeah meaning the fire is not raging because the logs which have been put as fuel have been spent and so the either the fire did not come out of the wood we can't say because of the fire as a concept as a principle is there it is there in the sun it is there everywhere you don't need wood to create fire all you need is a magnifying glass and some paper and then the fire starts you know you can start a fire with so many you know ways and so wood is not is is one of the indhanam indhanam means fuel 
so fire is dependent upon you know fuel to keep going yeah fire exists even as body temperature that's why it's called jata vedaha jate jate vidyate as soon as you're born the doctor or the gynecologist whoever is helping with the delivery or the midwife will touch the you know will touch the baby as soon as it's born and when you touch the baby it is warm oh it's alive it's not yet crying it needs a little you know little waking up you know they give it a little slap you know and try to get its breathing done they suction off the nose and mouth so that any kind of fluids if it's obstructing it is breathing it is stopping it from breathing so that it will start breathing but the first thing they look for is the baby's temperature and that temperature is fire yes so we don't have a narrow concept of fire the fire is that which which is which is all pervasive that's why it's called jata veda it pervades the entire body and then what it is vaishvanara vaishvanara is another name for fire which is in the form of the fire of hunger ha ah, jatharagni the stomach fire which helps to digest the food so fire is there prevalent in many many forms its source is what vayu you know technically speaking and then what it is it can be created and kept go it can be kept going by feeding it fuel ghee whatever you are feeding it it is kept going and then when that logs are withdrawn or when you don't put forget withdrawing the logs you don't put additional logs you don't put additional ghee let us say if it's a it's a yagna you don't put additional ghee you don't put you don't feed the fire then what happens it dies off meaning it goes back to itself it goes back to its own source and you know and swayonau to unto its own uh, source upashamyati first of all it's not blazing sparking and it's not you know um, it's not giving off uh, you know these uh, what are they called these uh, sparks that that are going everywhere it's not crackling it's not noisy and it's not fiery ha huh. it's neither noisy nor fiery it has just you know it has just gone gone down meaning there is no more noise and there is no more sparks upashamyati means it has become quiet by going back to its source which is vayu and you know so this is an example this is what is called drishtanta an example and what is this example the example is that just as the fire quietens down when the fuel is withdrawn hmm tatha vrittikshayat you know vritti here is all kinds of thoughts of course we have to explain this at length but all kinds of thoughts vrittikshayat when you know when the kshaya means when the thoughts are come to a place of rest where in the mind you know chittam in the mind especially chittam here is used the emotional aspect of the mind so just like 
the fire when the fuel is withdrawn and when all these emotions are also not keeping on feeding the mind or especially negative emotions sorrow fear depression anger resentment when you don't keep feeding the mind with those emotions so yo now upashamyati so the the you know the thoughts come to a resting place in the heart and no longer bother the individual so there is there are no fiery thoughts there are no crackling thoughts and there are no noisy thoughts and so the thoughts come to you know a kind of a resting place in the mind so does this mean you have to stop thinking if you stop thinking you will get this knowledge <laughs> you know if you stop the you know if you stop thinking the mind will become dull ah how are you going to stop thinking i think you know then you will be left with one thought what is the thought i should stop thinking i should stop thinking i should have no thought no thought no thought no thought no thought becomes a thought ah that is how to make negative into positive <laughs> you are stuck with the thought that i should not have thought this is crazy what is the mind for if it is not supposed to think you know if it's not supposed to think what is the mind for you know you can't just go and keep the mind on on some shelf it will expire that's why it will just you know there is a, the, the mind is supposed to think that is the job of the mind otherwise how will you perceive you know movement how will you just you know like if i go with my hand like this this is even though it seems like a smooth movement it's actually frame by frame by frame the mind sees it here 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 minuscule frames that you can't even perceive imperceptible invisible almost minuscule frames that the mind registers 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 just like how the in the olden days before the cartoons were digitized the, the cartoonists had a very hard job they had to you know draw each frame you know so you saw daffy duck you know go like this with its wings and then go do, do some funny thing and so the duck would be like this 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 and then you had to you know and then you flip the paper quickly then you can kind of see a smooth movement yeah that's how the mind is each frame it recognizes and it has to be thinking otherwise you can't really do any vyavahara one might as well be in a one stops thinking one is in what is called permanently vegetative state there are ways that they put a um, they put a, you know some uh, leads from the brain to detect activity and if it's a straight line they say this person is brain dead or close to uh, you know close to brain dead because there is not much activity some basic activities are taking place like maybe the person is breathing on their own the person is looking around but no no nothing is they are not registering their loved ones you know so maybe breathing eating is happening but other than that not much else is going on they can detect with the the, the brain waves and so the 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 point is not to worry about the thoughts coming to an end this is a misperception because some of these are taken some of these verses are taken uh, you know uh, has been taken as inspiration for the yoga sutras which have come later and what is the first yoga sutras yoga 
what is yoga the, the first yoga sutra is atha atha yoga anusandhanam so now we will teach you yoga yoga and then the yoga the second yoga sutra is yoga chitta vritti nirodhah yoga is chitta vritti nirodha the stopping of the activities of what the chitta you know the mind but again this has to be explained properly that's why it's a sutra sutra means it has, it's an aphorism it's like a it's in a capsule form which has to be exposed and uh, uh, unfolded you know leisurely that's why there are so many commentaries on the yoga sutra chitta vritti nirodha means you stop thinking and then what will happen knowledge also won't take place if you stop thinking <laughs> you know if you stop thinking nothing will happen you'll just get dull that's what it is mind will get dull if it is trained to not think at all so the point is not to stop thinking the point is to have a say over the ways of the mind ah this is what we call meditation this is what we call calming down upashamanam of the mind this is what is called sthairya a getting a certain kind of a um, familiarity with the ways of the mind otherwise some crazy crazy thoughts will come from the uh, what should i say the uh, mud mud uh, you know mud lake of the unconscious mind the unconscious mind is like a mud lake you know there there are some uh, swamps in georgia there is one place called okefenokee swamp which is famous and what is the fame famous thing there is a kind of a uh, mud lake and then if you go at certain times and they'll tell you when there are certain seasons like in the height of summer if you go there you can see the mud bubbles coming out from underneath big mud bubble and uh, it will stay for about you know 15 20 minutes and then it will go and then another one will come and so it's like that the unconscious is like a mud lake from where all the bubbles you know unseeming bubbles of various impressions of various painful you know experiences which have been suppressed you know start coming out for no reason suddenly one feels unloved suddenly one feels upset suddenly one feels pain suddenly one feels all kinds of you know like uh, oh my god i'm dying oh my god i'm afraid oh my god i'm alone all these you know loneliness uh, suddenly one feels and so you know chitta vritti nirodha or upashamana of the chittam here is is uh, uh, is really speaking uh, you know two things one is not having you know having a say over the ways of the mind by training the mind to be in the present and to think what i want it to think i want i am engaged in a particular task let's say i am cleaning my bookshelf and so there are all these books and papers and files and all and they are all over the place so i want to clean my bookshelf so what do i do to clean the bookshelf so i have to you know take out all the things and then wipe down all the shelves and then you know first sort through the books and the papers you know tear up and throw away recycle all the things i don't want 
and then decide what books I'm going to keep, what books I need, what books I don't need, I want to perhaps give away to a library and then I put it in a bag, mark it, you know, so then put it near the door so that I remember to take it when I go out of the house and the rest of the books I stack neatly, subject-wise, size-wise, so that it is easy to find. So all the Sanskrit books are on one shelf, Upanishad books are on one shelf, other books, you know, are on another shelf like this and even on each shelf I, you know, make it size-wise so that, you know, you go from small to big or big to small, doesn't matter, but then, you know, it's easy to find and it looks aesthetic also. So this is what I have to do. So if I start, to, uh, you know, if I start by taking out the shelves, uh, sorry, the, the books and the papers out, and then suddenly one photo drops, it's the photo of some relative. Some, you know, uncle or something. Oh, this uncle was so mean to me when I was young. And oh, no, 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 no. And something, somewhere it went. And then four hours later or three hours later, which is the time I had allotted for myself to clean and reorganize the bookshelf, I'm still sitting there, you know, seething with anger. Why my childhood was like this? And that uncle led to some other thoughts and some other thoughts and some other thoughts. And then so the thought, I, I, so I have no, you know, no way to, uh, you know, what should I say, no way to manage the thoughts anymore. No way to manage the thoughts. I have been derailed and run over by the thoughts just because I found one old family photograph, you know, hidden in one book which fell out. And seeing the photograph and seeing, oh, this person, you know, troubled my parents and this person was the cause of the family feud and this person went off with all the property, you know, whatever the thoughts may be, crazy thoughts and, and maybe all true also. But this is not the time to sit and think of how the family was, uh, what, you know, cheated off the property. This is not the time to think. What is the time now? The time is to clean the bookshelf. That is what the time is now. It is not to go and sit and think about, you know, some old uh, family problems. And so, so therefore, the sight of the family photograph made this person into a puddle, <laughs> into a puddle of sorrow and resentment. So that is, that cannot be. So what one has to do? One has to get on with the task. So the, 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 the so this yoga here means the meditation is for the, the practicing so that the mind is, you know, at peace, especially at these times, you are able to bring the mind back. Okay, another time, later, I will sit and think about the, the, the family problems. Right now, I have to be present and I have to be one with what uh, the task at hand. And the task at hand is what, you know, to, to clean the shelf. This is what the whole thing is. This is what is called Chitta Vritti Nirodha or getting rid of unnecessary, you know, distractions when one is focused on one particular thing. Right now your meditation is not just to sit and, uh, you know, do japa. Your meditation is to clean the bookshelf. You have to make the cleaning of the bookshelf into a meditative task for which you have to be present and for the sake of which you meditate. Ah, because in meditation, what do you say? Om Namah Shivaya. What's the first thought? Om Namah Shivaya. What is the second thought? Om Namah Shivaya. You're telling the mind what to think. And the mind wants to go off and think of some friend 
called Shiva, some other friend that you have, but then you say, no, 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 that's a distraction. Right now, this is what I have to be doing. Back to Om Namah Shivaya. Then the mind says, okay, I've been meditating for 15 minutes. Is anything happening? Om Namah Shivaya. You keep repeatedly bringing the mind back and back and back until however long you have made the sankalpa to sit for the meditation. So that one is not at the mercy of the chittam. Chittam here, here means the emotive mind all the time. One is not at its mercy. One is, you know, like a fire from whom the, uh, the, uh, what is that called? The, the fuel has been withdrawn. So what is the fuel of the mind? The fuel which makes the mind rage and which makes the mind completely annoyed and upset is, uh, are these thoughts from the past. That is the fuel. The anger, the fear, etc. Some of the fuel I know. Sometimes I know the logs. Sometimes the logs creep up on me. I don't even know that, you know. So they log on without my knowledge. These logs that make the mind angry, sad, resentful, log on. They have a password. They know how to get in and they log on. That's why they are called logs, you know. So, and then, they, and also another reason why they are called logs is that there is a, there is a huge log of what? You know, of all the injustices that have been done and one is waiting to air them out and use them as fuel because one is, you know, this is what happens if you don't clear the mind of these logs or let the logs just sit down quietly, these logs, you know, will keep on logging in and creating trouble for the mind. Not only that, you know, and why do they do that? Because there is a big backlog of all these feelings. So because of these, these logs are very, very active. So the meditation is for calming the mind so that when you sit and listen to the Upanishad, what happens? They are, you know, they are able to be, uh, they are able to be, uh, you know, uh, quiet and you can just listen to the knowledge without reacting in any way without having a reaction and thereby jeopardizing the internalization of the knowledge. So these upasanas, these ways of, uh, you know, dealing with the mind are actually very useful in the Upanishads and there are few more verses like this which we shall uh, see. This also I have to say a few more things. Uh, we will look at some examples from the Bhagavad Gita tomorrow. Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamadachyate Purnasya Purnamadaga Purnameva Vashishyate Om Shanti Shanti Shantihi Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om